How y'all doing? Hope you've had a good day. I know your lawn has had a good day. Um, gotten a lot of rain that we need today. Tonight we got the Chambly soiree after church. They're moving to Atlanta, and so we're going to be sad to see them leave, but wish the very best and are excited to see what will happen with them, their family, and their ministry in, in Atlanta as they move there with, with his work. Um, see the Sowls back. It wasn't so long ago that we had your little soiree here on a Sunday night, and y'all are up in Tulsa, but you're back visiting, and so we're you're for a conference, I think, this week, and we're very happy to, to see you, um, one of our former shepherds, and then uh, one of our deacons, Justin, heading off to, uh, to Atlanta. So that's just part of being a family and doing life together. We have to say goodbye sometimes. We get to say hello a lot of times as well. Um, but it's, it's good being part of the family. This is just kind of an aside. It's something that's been on my mind today. Probably not on your mind. But my, my second home, Brazil, is actually right at this second voting on whether or not to impeach their president. So I've been following updates on my phone. And, and it's kind of sad. Whatever guilt or innocence or whatever happened with this uh, Dilma, Jilma, who's their president, it just kind of makes me sad to see, to see that country going through that and, and what that might mean for their future. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I've been checking on that and seeing how that's going. Well, if you've been uh, tracking with us, uh, it's been going on for a while now. We've been, I think we're on week 19 of our Powerful Prayers series. Uh, and we have, uh, over the past five weeks kind of been doing these series within the series. So we started this uh, journey through some of the, the recognizable and not so recognizable but important prayers of the Bible. And then we stopped to take a closer look at the Lord's Prayer, um, Jesus' Prayer as a model for us. And we know it's a model for us because He prays things in that prayer that do not apply to Him, like forgive us our sins. does not apply to Him. Um, so it's a prayer given for us, so we've been taking a closer look at that, and hopefully not just looking at it, not just learning about it, hopefully uh, finding things that we need to apply in our prayer lives. And I don't know what all of those may be, but I just hope that you're open to the Spirit showing you um, what that might be. This will be the last evening we look at the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll get back into the, the main body of the Powerful Prayers of the Bible series. As we began, um, we've seen, I think we've learned a lot and we've seen a lot since then and, uh, and hopefully been challenged. Now, as we read the words tonight of the Lord's Prayer, once again, for the fifth and final time in this series, just remember it is a prayer. So as we read these, we're also talking to God. So here we go in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that final, as we've been working through the last few weeks, we've been kind of going phrase by phrase. So that final uh, sentence there is what we will be thinking about tonight. Lead us not into temptation. 
and deliver us from the evil one. Now, I like to look at different versions, a lot of different versions as I prepare and look at different Bible texts and things. So the message may not be the most literal, maybe not the most reliable translation, but sometimes it puts things in a way that's helpful. And so here's how Eugene Peterson translates this. I kind of thought it was, it was catchy and interesting, made me think. He translates it as this. Keep us safe from ourselves. Lead us not into temptation. Keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil. So there are kind of two things going on here in whichever translation you prefer. Um, one of these things is the challenge of me, is the challenge of the messes that I make, of the trouble that I get myself into, an acknowledgement that some of the stuff I have to deal with, meaning a lot of the stuff I have to deal with, is self-made. A lot of the trouble, a lot of the messes, a lot of the problems, a lot of that I think you would probably agree about your own life. A lot of that stuff that we've caused and brought upon ourselves. There's some responsibility in this prayer that we're looking at tonight. So we ask God, just help us here. Lead us not to temptation. Lead us away from those areas where we will get ourselves into trouble. And if we're going to be 100% honest, we're asking God to lead us not into temptation. I think the inference there is we do sometimes lead ourselves into temptation. Um, I don't think it just, whoa, how did, I, how did I get in this bar? Or how did I get in front of this screen looking at this pornography movie? Or, I mean, those surprises are unusual. What is, le- what is more common is us leading ourselves into places where we will be tempted. Amen? <laughs> so this would be the keep, lead us not into temptation, uh, keep us safe from ourselves, as Eugene Peterson would pray. And then the keep us safe from the devil, deliver us from evil part of this prayer. Evil. There's a lot of it in the world. Um, And certainly, part of God's people responding to the evil is inviting Him to deal with it, inviting Him to deliver us from evil, inviting Him to clear out the darkness. Now, some of the things that we read, some of the things that we hear about, some of the things that we watch on the nightly news or whatever your news source is, they, they kind of make us shake our heads in disgust, like this whole impeachment business in Brazil. It's like, man, how did she get herself into that mess, the president of Brazil? Um, But some of it goes beyond that disgust and head shaking. Some of the things that we see just cause a chill. Evil is real. Um, There are people who make mistakes. There are people who commit errors uh, intentionally, unintentionally. Uh, There is then, shall we say, there is then pure evil. There is evil for the sake of evil. Wickedness for the sake of wickedness. And the enemy and those who belong to the enemy, and there are people who have given themselves over to him, not necessarily a Satanist, 
but they have delivered themselves not to God, but to the enemy of God. Um, they're about his business, the business of wickedness. And so we pray, God, deliver us from that. And that's one part of the Lord's Prayer that I do include in my daily prayer for my family. I don't know about you, but I kind of have a, a base prayer, a regular prayer. Changes a little bit week to week based on what's going on in my circles. Um, but mainly it's 95% the same every week. Uh, I pray for the same things for this church and for my family and for the Brazilian church and for uh, a lot of different things. Um, but I pray this deliver us from evil is part of my prayer for my family every week. Um, by the way, since I mentioned my daily prayer, I do pray for this church, and I, I ask God specifically for Preston Crest every day when I pray. I ask God to bless our elders and our ministers and our deacons, our members, and I, I ask God to, to cast out our fears and replace it with faith. I ask for God to fix our eyes on Christ, not on our own, own comfort. And I ask God to unite us as a church around his vision. Um, so those are some of the things I pray for us. I pray for my family, a lot of different things. I don't have to share all of that with y'all, but I pray for each child. One thing I do, I ask God to raise up a Christian spouse for my son and daughter. Not in any hurry on that one. But when the time comes, I want God to al already be preparing that young man, that young woman who will enter my children's lives. And I think that's a good prayer for per parents to pray. And I pray a variety of other things over the health of our family in different respects. But like I said, I do pray deliver us from evil. And I pray that not knowing exactly what I'm asking. I think God, I don't think, I know God sees a lot more than I see. A lot more than we see. And I want God in His vision. This God who sees angelic armies and demonic forces, I want this God to intervene to protect my family and us from evil. So I invite him to do that, and Jesus taught us to do that. So I think that's a good thing to pray. Now, what I want us to more focus on tonight will be the part about our own responsibility, but the first thing I want to share about this prayer and cooperating with God in this battle against evil is is the former part, the, the, the part that we are not alone, that we can count on God's help. So the first thing I would just share about this is to recognize that you're not alone. When you think about evil, when you think about all that's going on, recognize that you are not alone in the battle. Ask God for help. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus teaches us to do. Ask God for help. You, you don't go it alone. You're an adopted son or daughter of God by the blood of Christ. And and when I, thought about, <laughs> when I thought about this part of the prayer, I don't know why, but it reminded me, and you probably remember this one. If you like, do you guys like Super Bowl commercials? A lot of them are forgettable, okay? But I bet you remember this one. I don't remember what year it was. A couple of years ago, I think. But it was the Volkswagen commercial with the little kid, the little boy dressed as Darth Vader. And I thought about that. Um, if you don't remember that, let me refresh your memory. It is, the, the kid is going all around the house attempting to use the force. Remember that? Like he walks up to the dryer in the utility room and he's pointing his fingers at it 
and of course nothing happens. He walks up to the, the golden retriever that's in the hallway and he's trying to, he stands there trying to use the fork. He goes up to one of the bedrooms and he's pointing at his, his hands at a doll that's lying on the bed and he's, he's trying to, to, use, to do something, I think anything, make the doll do, of course nothing happens. And his shoulders just kind of slump, and he's kind of discouraged. And then you hear outside, Daddy is driving up in the new Volkswagen. And so the kid runs out there and greets Daddy, gives him a big hug. And then as Daddy is walking into the house, the young man, you remember this little boy, maybe four years old, is doing this at that Volkswagen, you know, in his Darth Vader costume. And all of a sudden, the lights flash, and the engine starts. And, of course, Dad is looking out the window with his fob. He started the engine remotely, but that kid feels... And that reminded me of this because I don't have power, um, but I'm not alone. I have a father who's involved in my life who does have power, who can make things happen in the physical world and in the supernatural world. Um, And I belong to his household. That's who I belong to. Um, I may not have abilities and powers and be able to make certain things happen, but the Father who stands behind me, who supports me, does. Uh, So deliver us from evil. When we pray that, we are speaking to our God, who is the creator of the universe, who is the Lord of lords, King of kings. And we remember, I think, or we can call to memory, how when Jesus, God in the flesh, was walking our dusty streets, anytime he would come upon a demon-possessed presence, those demons were begging for mercy. Or basically, as James would put it in his letter, were trembling in fear in the presence of God. So he has the power. Jesus has the power. There is nothing on heaven or earth or under the earth that does not answer to Jesus. And so, we, through the cross, again, we've been purchased and we've been brought into God's household. We are reminded of that in this prayer, which begins, right, with those two words, our Father. Back to week one on that. Jesus didn't just get on his knees and say, My Father, help these guys. He says, Our Father. He reminds us of our identity as part of God's family. So think about that when you pray, Deliver us from evil. You're not alone. You're not alone. And next, so now we get into that part about delivering us from ourselves, about our responsibility in this. The second thing I would say about this is, and I've shared this before, and I'm sure I will share it again, our responsibility in the fight against sin most basically is to shrink our sin target. Instead of leading ourselves into temptation, instead of putting ourselves in places where we know we are going to struggle mightily, we will cooperate with God partner with our Father and allow Him to lead us away from those places where we might struggle, be tempted, 
fall into sin. So shrink your sin target as possible, as far as possible. Stay away from people, from situations which will be difficult. I think that is implicit in that phrase, lead us or lead me, not into temptation. Okay? Um, and there's this understanding, I think, there that we are easily led. That that's something that comes very easily for us. Easily, we are easily moved. The Greek word there um, is epipharo, which just ace pharaoh, um, which is the Greek word that means to be moved. So God, don't, don't move me. Don't, don't push me into that area where temptation will grow stronger, but lead me, push me, move me away from that. Position me where I will be safe because, frankly, there are places and situations and groups of people where I won't be safe. And it's okay to acknowledge that because it's the truth. So God, don't lead me to those places. And I think we, each one of us, no matter how independent and strong and self-reliant we may feel at times, we are easily led. And so my desires and my hungers, they can lead me. My fears can lead me. My hopes can lead me. My expectations can lead me. And, and that's just to talk about the internal forces, the stuff in here and in here that leads me. There's a lot of other stuff out there that shapes me and pushes me and pulls me and moves me into places, be they good or, or dangerous, right? We went to um, Washington over spring break, and uh, it's really cool when you go to the Lincoln Memorial. A lot of things are cool about that. Um, but they have several of his speeches carved on the wall if you've been in there. Um, and so I just, they aren't long. Um, so I just read the speech over here and then moved over here and read the speeches. And, and one of the lines from his first inaugural, which is just so had such a way with words, Abraham Lincoln. But one of his lines, you probably remember this, as he's talking about the nation, he says, may we be led by the better angels of our nature. I like that. The better angels of our nature. And he's talking to a nation, first inaugural, that is on the verge of war. Asking people to lean into the better nature, to lean into the lights and move away from the darkness and intentionality because we are fallen creatures. We have all been touched by sin. Yes, the sin that's out there and yes, the sin that's in here. Um, we can lean into the better angels of our nature, the new nature that we as disciples have been given in Christ, the spirit nature. Or we can be led by that dark traveler, sin, who's been a part of our lives from very early on. The one who longs to again capture us and longs again to ensnare us and tarnish and destroy that 
which God has prepared for us. So when I pray, God, deliver me from evil, deliver us from evil, I'm asking God to move me, to lead me away from temptation and closer to Him to distance me from people, yes, and situations where temptation will grow stronger for me. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this, and we're not going to begin to cover what the Bible says about how to deal with temptation. Uh, we're just doing an, kind of an introduction here. But yes, people are important, and while we want to reach out and share the love of Christ with all kinds of people, even people, or especially people who've been entrapped in Satan's snares, who will I draw near to on a very personal level? Every one of us has deep friendships. We have influencers, if you will, who we choose for ourselves, who we give the power to lead us, to shape us. And so, Scripture is super clear on this. We need to be very careful and discerning in selecting not who we're necessarily going to minister to and share God's love with. We want to love everybody. But who we invite into our hearts and minds as influencers. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility to choose well. As Paul speaks to a church in Corinth in the heart of, of a lot of darkness, especially sexual darkness in Corinth at this time, he shares these words of instruction to those folks living in kind of that bullseye there in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. Bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully, he says. So he reminds us of the power of those influencers. Bad company can corrupt good character. And then he says... Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For, to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. So he just says, be very circumspect. Be very discerning about those choices that you make that lead you here away from God or here closer to God and His marvelous plans for your life. Now, I like to call this, when I talk about this, I like to call this um, shrinking the sin zone. And it's just being intentional about those people, about those places, situations you put yourself in. Um, the best way not to start a forest fire is to not light a fire in the middle of a forest. Um, that If I'm walking around in a pool of gasoline holding a lit match, then I shouldn't be surprised when things go up in flame. And that's kind of, as silly as that sounds, that's kind of what a lot of times we do with our signature sin areas, with the things that we struggle with. We're just kind of naively walking around with this match in this pool of gasoline, hoping we don't get burned. And so it's intentionality. Paul says in 2 Timothy to this young evangelist, to Timothy, this young evangelist in 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, run... Again, think of leading, directionality, movement. He says, run from anything 
that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship. So we're recognizing bad company corrupts good character. He says here, enjoy the company of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So I'm not just running away from, I'm running to, right? I'm running to something good and nourishing. And I like to tell the story, and I've told it a couple of times here in in Dallas already, and I, I won't give you the unabridged full version of this story again, but it's one that's been helpful to me about my little buddy uh, when I was probably nine years old on the baseball team there in Neosho, the red carpet real estate little league baseball team. I think we won best sportsmanship that year. <laughs> I think the only trophies I ever got in sports were sportsmanship trophies. Okay, uh, But little Jason was a baseball genius who knew the rules of the game quite well and knew that there in our little league, the pitcher was required to throw the baseball for it to be a strike somewhere between chest high and knee high. And so Jason, I've showed you this before, Jason would do this. I'm not even sure that there was a strike zone. I can tell you, he walked every single time. He got on base. He shrunk that sin zone. There was just no target whatsoever for that pitcher to hit. And I think there's something there about how we handle sin. Just, we're not that strong. And I think that's a good place to kind of start and acknowledge, I'm not that strong. So why don't I work on shrinking that zone instead of thinking I'm strong enough to handle this situation, this group of people, this website. How about no? How about just no? And we've got a young man at this church, a young married who, who I, I get to hang out with sometimes and really love his, his faith and his journey with the Lord. And he shared with me before a struggle that a lot of young men have with pornography. And one time, as we're just talking and he's sharing things and how it's going and everything, he just shared with me, you know, here... I, I, his phone is not a smartphone. And I'm like, I know this guy has the money and everything to have a smartphone, you know, iPhone or something like that. And he's like, I just, I need one of these simple flip phones because I know the smartphone is trouble for me. I know that's a struggle for me. And I just really respected that decision that he made. And it just reminded me for myself, and I think it can be for all of us, Being a great Christian is not thinking you can take on the devil and all of this stuff. It's being shrewd. It's being smart. It is asking God to lead me not into places, protect me from those places and those situations and those people. It is shrinking that sin zone and not giving Satan much of a target to throw at. Number three, and we're going to finish up here. Remember that there is healing power in confession. This one sticks a little bit, doesn't it? But we've got to talk about it. Remember that there is healing power in confession, in, in admitting your sin specifically, okay? 
not generalities. I just, I'm kind of struggling this week, but having somebody you can say, I'm struggling with this this week. I'm going to see this person this week, and every time I see this person, I turn into a not-so-good version of myself, or whatever that is, just confessing to a mature Christian sister or brother um, your struggle, asking for prayer, asking for help. And I think that is part of that line, deliver us from evil. I'm not in it alone. Yes, God is with me, but deliver us is a reminder. We're praying to our Father in heaven. We are in this together. We are a group. We are connected. Our Father, meaning we are brothers and sisters. We're in community together. And so James, I think probably the the most clear passage on how liberating confession can be and how strong it is as a medicine for sinners like us. James says in chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins. And there's, again, we could spend a lot of time unpacking this. We won't spend time unpacking the whole thing. But confess your sins to each other. Some versions will say one to another. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And then you remember that part. Um, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So, I know that it helps to confess. I've experienced that release and that freedom, that healing personally. Um, And it does sting a little bit to be honest, to admit something that makes you look not so strong, something that requires you to be very vulnerable and say, I am weak here. It does sting a little bit, but oh, it is so powerful. That sensation of not just confessing to God, but confessing to a a flesh and blood person who you are connected to in Jesus Christ. It can be a little embarrassing. I've made confessions to my wife before that made me a little embarrassed. I've confessed things to close friends that were a little hard to confess. But, to say out loud, but as James says, there really is a healing there that you don't find any other way. Now, a couple of things here. I don't, I don't just want to leave it there because a couple of things need to be said about this confessing. All right? For starters, we're not talking about broadcasting every one of your dark secrets on social media. The Bible says I need to confess, so boom, there it is, Twitter. There it is, Facebook. Um, Nobody's saying that's helpful, and that's certainly, as, as James talks about confessing one to another or confessing to each other, James is not talking about megaphone broadcasts of all of your sins and struggles. And the, other, the other thing I would say that's equally, if not more important, is we've already talked about this discernment in our influencers and in who we're doing deep life together with. Um, it would be, don't think it's fine and helpful to confess to just anyone. That's why I think James includes that The prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman, um, that prayer is powerful and effective. That confessing is 
a very healing thing. If you're confessing to the town gossip, that's not going to be a healing thing. That's going to be really, really terrible, okay? Um, And so it's a private conversation. I think we see in the context of that verse in James 5, confess one to another, pray for each other. Um, It's a private one, two, three-person conversation that's going on, confessing to someone who will hear you, who will pray for you, and maybe who you will invite to hold you accountable to some check on me here in a week or two see how I'm doing that kind of thing um, it is not a Facebook blast guess what I did yesterday I'm so embarrassed and it is not a confession to someone on whom on whose lips that confession is not safe I think this is a no-brainer unfortunately I know it's not <laughs> because I've seen people make the mistake of confessing things to a person that is not safe Um, So the righteous man, the righteous woman, that part is to use some discernment, I think, James would say. Be be smart about that. Um, Someone who you trust, someone who can keep things in confidence, and someone who is walking closely with the Lord, a righteous person. Um, And that is someone who will hear your confession, and by their hearing, through their hearing, you will experience tangibly the forgiveness and the release that comes when we confess our sins. And that helps us to be led not into temptation, but to be led away from temptation. Let's finish tonight. I think this would be a good one to finish with, with a prayer before we sing. Um, so let's finish our just time in the Word tonight, praying together, God, we are not strong. And maybe that's why sometimes I work, we work very diligently, very earnestly at maintaining appearances or a facade of righteousness. Um, We put energy into that because we know deep down we really struggle with some things. And God, we call upon your help. And I thank you tonight that your son Jesus modeled for us a prayer that does just that, that cries out for help. Deliver us from evil, the evil that comes from within, the wickedness that we encircle ourselves in, and deliver us from the evil that's out there. And lead us, draw us closer to you. And that abundant life you have for us in Christ, lead us not into temptation. And Father, thank you for reminding us in this prayer to our Father that we are not in it alone. That you are with us and that we are surrounded by brothers and sisters who will have our back. Help us have the courage not only to shrink our sin zone, not only to... Be intentional about relationships and situations that will take us nearer to you and farther from temptation. But help us to remember the power of confession, that there will be times when we need to say something out loud to a righteous person, that they can impart to us the grace, um, perhaps some wise advice, but just the freedom that comes from putting 
that out, externalizing that. And as James says, and we believe, we will be healed by that. But help us. Help us. Help us to pray this prayer. And not only that, but to cooperate with what we've been praying so that we can partner with you in this project of making us more and more like Jesus and farther and farther away from the destructive traps that the enemy is setting up for us. We pray this with grateful hearts, knowing that we have been set free, not by our own ingenuity or hard work, but by the blood of Christ. And we are grateful people because of that. We're thankful. We pray this tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's be standing together and worship.